of you are visiting us for the very first time today. I thank you for your patience, and I hope that this will be an interesting story for you, a little bit about where we've been over the last eight months as a community here at Wellsprings. I have been the assistant minister here at Wellsprings for a little while now, and I have to say that over the last eight months, I have watched this congregation go through one of the healthiest, one of the most exciting, inspirational, loving, enlivening processes I have ever seen happen in a church. I've seen some churches, and this was an incredible thing for me to witness. Many of you were here on May 31st of last year for a congregational meeting that happened after the service, and Reverend Ken, our lead minister, announced at that meeting that he wanted to shift his relationship with Wellsprings. He still wanted to be Wellsprings minister. He's been our only minister for a very long time. He had been since our birth, right, nine years ago. But he announced that he wanted to step back, to stay here in a different role with less time, fewer hours, more time outside of Wellsprings to explore other places that his soul was being called to grow. I actually wasn't here that day. I forget where I was. I was traveling somewhere, and I knew that the conversation was going to be happening, so I remember watching my Facebook uh, that afternoon anxiously as the message was posted, and I was waiting to see what the comments would be like, what people had to say about this announcement. And I remember that they fell into two categories that also pretty much reflected the two sides of my heart and brain in reaction to this announcement. One was actually that it was, it was kind of inspiring. People resonated with this idea of someone standing up very vulnerably, taking a real risk in front of a group of people and saying, what's happening right now, I've taken inventory and it's really not working for me anymore. Having to ask for a change in a relationship that is no longer working, that takes a lot of courage. And so I was feeling partly inspired, as a lot of you were, and I think I was also feeling something else I saw in the congregation, which was, oh, crap. <laughs> now what do we do, right? We've only had, Reverend Ken, we've only had one minister here at Wellsprings as our lead minister for a very long time. And so in response to that, the board of trustees here at Wellsprings asked for volunteers. They asked for people who were interested in figuring out what happens next to step up and join a team called the response team where they devoted a lot of hours to figuring out what happens next in the life of Wellsprings. There were 15 people who said yes to that request for volunteers. So essentially, as this team began to take inventory of where we were, they realized there were two immediate questions that needed to be answered. The first was, how does Wellsprings work? What does Reverend Ken do as lead minister? What do I do as assistant minister? What do all of our uh, ministry teams do, our youth spirit mentors, our volunteers? How does this place run? And then the second question they needed to answer was, was really what rules and guidelines does our denomination have that can help us think through the employment of our ministers moving forward? So, Carl, what did you all discover? Well, first, let me, uh, let me add a little color. You, you made it sound like we really knew what we were doing. We're going to go do <laughs> this, the, this initial work, these two, we would call them tasks, but they were really projects. The, those tasks or projects were analogous to having a really large, very advanced puzzle. 5,000 pieces, you open, you open the wrapper, you open the box, put it on the table, you spread them out, you put them face up, and you look for colors, you look for shapes, you look for associations, edges, and, 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 and graphics, and you try and make some sense, and you hope to God you can find two that fit together. Okay, that's, 
really what we were doing at that point in time. Um, I'm happy to say we actually found two that fit together. It didn't take real long. But it took a month or two till we till it bubbled up, um, and um, and then we started to build around a theory. And the theory was um, that Wellsprings had grown. It's it's a it's a tremendous growth story. Those of you who've been around for a while. And by the way, if you're brand new here today. This is a little bit different, so this is really cool. You're going to get some history of the congregation that you wouldn't normally get, and it's a little bit different kind of service because it's our ninth birthday celebration and all that. It's always a really good church, though, right? <laughs> Amen to that? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, so, so back to this puzzle pieces. We, we realized that the unprecedented growth um, kind of caught us off guard organizationally. We really didn't have an organization in place to support it. There's all kinds of books on this. UUA had the denominations. And from doing the what we call the operational manual, getting all the tasks that every team does, we heard bits and pieces that made all this fit together and make sense. So the organization was really the issue. And when that happened, we talked a bit. And Ken just, you know, said, you know, wow, that, that feels like what's going on. And maybe I could be three-quarter time because he started at half time. So we had that. Now, new puzzle piece to build with, uh, with a solution. Second thing that happened is Reverend Lee got a waiver from the MFC. Quick aside, MFC says if you train in a congregation, you may not work at that congregation for three years, then you can go back. Well, Reverend Lee was our ministerial intern last year, and we wanted her to be a, an assistant this year. We got a one-year waiver, but we needed more than one year to have Reverend Lee be considered as part of this puzzle and a, and, and a piece. And we got that. So instantly we had um, this notion of a co-ministry um, blossom. It just it popped up and it makes sense. And basically what will happen on July 1st, this is the switch, um, Reverend Ken will go to three-quarter time and change from our lead minister to our founding minister. Okay? And Reverend Lee will... Uh, go from our assistant minister to our executive minister. Reverend Ken will be doing, to many of us, you won't even notice a difference. He'll be preaching about the same amount of time, 75%, so three out of four Sundays. He'll be doing all the small group work that he does, continuing the pastoral care. He just won't be running the day-to-day business, which is what he really didn't want to do, which was dragging him down. He'll also be doing the 30,000-foot spiritual vision along with Reverend Lee. Reverend Lee will be running our day-to-day business, preaching in that other 25% of the time. And it's a beautiful scenario of skills, desires, um, melting together for a beautiful, um, a beautiful new organization for Wellsprings, a co-ministry organization. But wait, there's more. So wrapped around this co-ministry there's a pretty substantial lay leader ministry. And we got a lot of this from reading the books. There's books on church growth that support what was going on here. And we're going from a pastoral-sized church where one person, everything goes through one person. Um, no wonder Reverend Ken was feeling a little burned out because that, give, get, that stops at about 150 members. And we exceeded that four years ago or more. So we're way past where we should have been. And we should be in this program church model where you empower lay leaders and lay leaders support the staff and they also support us as congregants. So that's, that's what's going on and that's the solution. That's the response. There's a 10-page document to go along with this. There's a lot of TBDs and a few gray areas about what fits where, 
But for the most part, it feels great. It's fleshed out, and I'm really, really excited about it. So um, some of you who follow me on Facebook know that I like to use the hashtag church nerd all the time. Um, if, if this kind of stuff, organizational stuff, growth stuff excites you, um, Carl's going to talk a little bit in a minute about how you can come and chat with us a little bit about how you can be a part of this um, change. So I know um, my you know, organizational church nerd brain is really excited to see this happen. Uh, Carl, what if we as a congregation want to see this happen, what do we all need to do? There's, there's three ingredients in, in making this um, a reality. The first one is we need a bylaws change. Sounds pretty simple, except it requires votes. And where you use, and we don't really like the votes. And in this particular case, it takes a lot of votes, a very large majority. We have trouble getting just over 50% to put our board members in place sometimes. It's an election year. we got to vote this year, okay? <laughs> This is our year to, to, to come together and make that change. And you'll hear more of that as it comes up. But we need to legally be able to have a co-minister relationship not, and move away from that CEO model where both of our co-ministers report to our elected board of trustees. Um, the second ingredient is to finish the work of the response team in, the, in a new context in a transition team. And there's six ministry pillars, core ministries, if you will, wrapped around this, the paid staff. And they are the Board of Trustees, Spiritual Development, Leaders Development, Youth Spirit, Stewardship, and Management. For each of those ministries, we're going to have a working group within the transition team to focus on the issues that need to be finished inside of each of those uh, core ministries. So everything should fit into this bucket. If we find that something doesn't, some issue, some problem, some growth aspiration, then we have an organizational structural flaw. We, so far, we, we've done a fair amount of testing, and we think it, it will work. But that's what the transition work is. So that's the transition team. Thank you. The next and last ingredient is the financial support ingredient. Right now, we're running at a slight deficit. Maybe it's a little more than slight. We're running at a deficit. Um, the new organization is on par kind of with our current spending model. However, we really have to spend that much to make it work. So um, that's the last piece. And uh, can, I, can I go off script a little bit? The personal? Quickly. Like, okay. <laughs> Quickly. I'll take just one minute. So um, uh, back in the day, uh, I've been coming for eight and a half years, or my family and I, and I got involved early on. And a couple years in, I found myself to be uh, fortunate enough to be serving on the board and as the president of the congregation. And it, it was a time where we went from having a, a lot of seed money to running out of seed money and having to support ourselves. Um, and I was going door to door. And some of you are shaking your head because I knocked on your door. And I asked for more money. And uh, um, I always ask, how much should we give? So I want to just take a, a, little, a little thing. My personal, there's no one size fits all. It's basically you give till you can feel it. If you feel it, a little, it doesn't have to be a pain. It should be a little tiny pinch. You should feel it, and that's how we do it in our family. We give enough that if, 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 if Wellsprings went away and we didn't have that direct deposit every month coming out, we would notice a pretty nice bump in disposable income. Um, so it's not one size fits all, but, but that's it, and the key is to participate. So we have an enormous um, breadth to our congregation. We have some incredibly successful people and we also have some people that are struggling financially it's part of what makes this community so cool and so awesome to be a part of um, if you're struggling 
just participate. If, if, if you can't give it all, think about a dollar a week. Put a dollar in the box, and you're participating, and you get that back. That's the healthy stewardship culture. In the very beginning, when I was first president, we were, it was a free church because it was experimental, and we were wondering if, if this awesome message style reflected off pop culture and, and really thought-provoking kinds of notions would work. Well, yeah, it does work. <laughs> But back then, we weren't really sure, and it was free. Now we need to be a good, healthy stewardship culture with participation. So that's, that's my message. Do participate. And if you happen to be on the other end of that spectrum, you had a knocked-out year, you know, you made $10 million last year, and to feel it is 10K, that really actually fixes everything for quite some time. So. <laughs> um, so, Lee, I know you are really close to the numbers, and I'm not anymore and thankful for that. Um, Maybe you can put some quantitative onto this. Sure. Um, you know, we have been talking, I think, for a while now as a congregation about growing our giving culture and our stewardship culture. Um, I can also, I think, give some comfort to this because, you know, first of all, I have an incredible amount of gratitude for everyone who has gotten us to where we are. We raise close to $300,000 to support this congregation every year, and that's amazing. And I actually need to clap for everyone because none of us could do that on our own unless we happen to be the kind of family that Carl's talking about, which I don't, I'm not, so I don't know about you. Um, and um, it is true that when we look at 2016, after all of the incredible intentions to give that you all have already submitted, we do still have a gap. And, you know, here at Wellsprings, we're comfortable with risk. Um, we do things on faith sometimes. We step out a little bit ahead of where we are because that is what keeps life exciting, and that is also how we grow, right? We, we have to take risks to grow. We can't just stay in our safe boxes if we want to continue to grow in size and also in spirit as a community. Um, and, you know, the gap between our projected revenue in giving for this year and our projected expenses for this year, it will make it really difficult for us to put this plan that the response team has worked on in place with confidence for our future. And so the good news is I did sit down with our stewardship advisory team. We pulled out our calculators, and I 100% believe that we actually can close this gap once I've actually looked at the math and figured out what it would take. So I am making a request today to every single household in our congregation, in our community here at Wellsprings. And I'm making a request that if each household at Wellsprings gives $300 more than they planned for this year, we will make up the entirety of our gap. If each household can give $300 more than you planned to give originally in 2016, we will cover that gap. $300 for the year is $25 a month. So exhale, right? $25 a month. Now, I understand that we are in different places, right? So maybe some households in the congregation can actually afford to give 300 more, 600 more, 900 more to give on behalf of another household in our congregation that really might just be struggling to pay the bills right now. If you are in a position to do that, I ask you, please do. It will mean a lot to that family that may be sitting here really wishing that they could do that or that individual. And I also know that there are a lot of us here, maybe, who have never, ever given an intention to Wellsprings before, who have never maybe given financially to any kind of church or spiritual community. That was me. I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't think about this as part of how I thought about my budget for a very long time. So if that's you, I'm asking you, please let this be the first time that you give, because it will not be too small. It will absolutely matter to the future of our community. 
The first time I ever set an intention to give was a pledge to my home church in D.C. of $20 a month, direct deposit on my debit. So that was $240 for the year. So if you commit to give $300 next year, you're already beating 26-year-old me by 60 bucks, okay? You've got 60 bucks worth of generosity on a minister, so that's got to be worth something (laughs) cosmically, right? I have already committed to increase my intention to give at Wellsprings next year by $300. I know that Reverend Ken and Teresa have also committed to increase their intention by more than $300. Carl, how's the Bader household looking? <laughs> um, I was, uh, we discussed it, Sharon and I, and uh, Sharon suggested that we will just write a check to uh, make sure that it all goes in quickly and easily, and we'll keep our regular giving as it is, just in that little, we feel it's own. Thank you, Carl. Thank you all for being here, because without your presence, none of this would be possible. And if you are interested in serving on the transition team, uh, please do come approach Carl or I or Reverend Ken or any of the other members of the response team so that we can begin to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much for all that you give. And happy birthday, Wellsprings. <laughs>